Near-Death Experience Podcast, item number 261, June 12, 2019. Who are you? Welcome to the Near-Death Experience Podcast, the official podcast of the Near-Death Experience Research Foundation, NDERF. I'm your host, John Messer. I have been busy getting all the Near-Death Experience Podcast ducks in a row since taking over for Chaz. I'm going back and numbering all the episodes to make it possible to search them and to refer to them. Future episodes will include near-death experience readings with discussion, conversations with those who have experienced NDEs, and interviews of authors and others who can shed some light on these topics. I would also love to include your input and experiences. I provide the contact information for the podcast on the website in the show notes, and I will also give it at the end of the podcast. I thought I would use this episode to let you know a little about me so you can have some perspective about where I'm coming from with regard to the subject matter. First, let me say what I am not. I am not an author. I'm not a guru. I'm not an expert on this subject matter. I do not have all the understanding and answers. I have never had a near-death experience. I was raised Catholic, and today I consider myself to be more spiritual than religious. What I am is the same as you, a soul who is experiencing life as a human being and who realizes there are things that don't add up to what we've been taught. There's something more going on than what we can account for with our five senses. And I struggle at times with what I find as I seek a better understanding to answers of age-old questions like, why are we here? Is there life after death? What am I supposed to accomplish with my life? While seeking understanding, we have encountered the subject of near-death experiences. The very first time I heard of an NDE was circa 1975. There was an article in my hometown newspaper about a local girl who was around five years old. She was born with a bad heart, and because of her congenital heart defect, she had undergone numerous surgeries in her short life. The article said that six months prior, she suffered a heart attack at the local hospital and died, but the medical staff was able to resuscitate her. After recovering, the little girl told her mother that while the doctors and nurses were working on her, she lifted out of her body. She said she was watching them work on her, looking down from the ceiling, when a very bright light shone on her from above. The little girl said that a voice told her, quote, Don't look up, because if you look up, you have to come with me. But if you want to, you can stay, unquote. She told her mother that she didn't want to go back into her body because it hurt a lot to be there. And she was not experiencing any pain while she was out of her body. But she could see her mom crying through the walls out in the hallway and she didn't want to leave her alone. She told her mom that she came back for that reason. And she added, I'm telling you this mom because if it happens again next time, I'm not coming back. That happened six months before the story was published. And the night before the story was published, the little girl suffered another heart attack, died, and this time resuscitation attempts were unsuccessful. She did not come back. 
Okay, this was the first time I'd ever heard of a near-death experience. My thoughts immediately were that a five-year-old girl wouldn't know this was unusual. She would probably think that this is just what happens to people. So she wouldn't make it up. That made me believe that we don't die when our bodies die. The other thing it made me think of was about what I'd been taught about the glory of our Creator. We were taught in Catholic school that if you ever saw the glory of God, you would never want to leave Him. That was a seed planted well over 40 years ago, and it seems to ring true with the people who have near-death experiences now. These people describe a beautiful light, an intense feeling of love that can't even be described in human terms, and they do not want to leave there and come back here. Then there was Father Luke Zimmer and the Catholic Church's charismatic movement, which came to my church in the 1970s. Father Zimmer would say Mass, and afterward, he would place his hands gently on your head for a few seconds, and you'd feel your head get very tingly, like electricity or some form of energy building up in your skull, and you'd lose consciousness. That didn't fit in with the science I had learned in school. Fast forward to circa 1985, when I spent an hour in a samadhi tank, also called a flotation tank or a sensory deprivation tank. This is a soundproof tank filled with salt water, that is, skin temperature. The amount of salt in the water is so high that you float. Similarly to what you experience when you float in the Great Salt Lake in Utah. Well, when you get inside and close the door on this lightless samadhi tank, it's pitch black because the water temperature is the same as your skin and there is no outside sound or light. All you can hear is the beating of your heart and your breath. People do this to help themselves tune out everything in the world except the sound of their breathing and beating hearts. It's beyond relaxing and creates a great environment to meditate in. During my hour in the tank, I fell asleep. I didn't recall anything at all that happened during the entire hour. But when I exited the tank and was in the lobby of the company that provided the experience, all I could feel was love. Love like I can't describe with words. But if I had to try, I would say that everything was love. Everything. The chairs were love, the walls were love, the floors were love, everything was pure love. In fact, in the book that the company had in the foyer where you could describe what you experienced, I wrote, love, 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 everything is love. We're all love. I never experienced anything that intense before or since. It makes me wonder if I experienced something similar to people who come back from an NDE experience when they say that they felt overwhelming love. That's probably the closest I've come to an NDE. Then I interviewed a gentleman who taught Tai Chi for a radio show I did at UC Davis. When I met him and asked him to explain the concept of Chi energy, he had me extend my hand while he placed both hands on either side of my hand about six to eight inches away from my palm. I felt the same kind of energy in my hands that I experienced when Father Zimmer placed his hand on my forehead. 
I asked the man, how do I know this isn't just a nerve being pinched in my neck? Something like that that is causing me to experience this sensation. And he said, well, let me give you a little more. At that moment, I felt the energy get stronger and move up my arm. There are numerous other things I've encountered that challenge the paradigms of my left brain Western medicine training, including two relatives that I discovered had near-death experiences. But for now, I will tell you about just one more. This is the case of the retiring anesthesiologist. A retiring anesthesiologist was given a farewell party during which the question arose, tell us about some interesting cases you had. The following story was offered. I will paraphrase as best I can exactly what was said to me. He was working a thoracic case. This is a surgical case where we are working in the thoracic cavity where your lungs and your heart are. The surgeon apparently nicked a large blood vessel which caused the patient to rapidly lose all their blood. The blood loss was so extreme that the patient's blood pressure read zero on the blood pressure machine. The significance of a zero blood pressure is even when you die, you have a blood pressure. You lose the high and the low number that we're all accustomed to hearing about with blood pressures. But you still have a blood pressure because it's a closed system. You just have one number instead of two. Well, the patient's blood pressure was zero. The anesthesiologist said that the surgeon was so overwhelmed by the fact that the patient's blood pressure was zero that he kept pointing at the blood pressure machine and shouting, Oh no, the blood pressure is zero. It's zero. The anesthesiologist said he was jumping up and down trying to get the surgeon's attention to tell him that he should stitch up the patient and he would put blood and fluids back into her but the surgeon kept screaming about the blood pressure being zero. The anesthesiologist said in order to get the surgeon's attention, he had to run around the back of his anesthesia machine and unplug the blood pressure machine so it would shut off. This finally allowed him to get the attention of the surgeon, and he told the surgeon to stitch her up, and he'll put blood and fluids back into her. The surgeon proceeded to stitch her up, and the anesthesiologist got blood and fluids back into the patient. They got the woman upstairs to the ICU. The next morning, the anesthesiologist came in early so he could remove the breathing tube. When they took the tube out, the anesthesiologist began to explain what happened to the woman. The patient interrupted him and described everything that happened during the incident. She said, he was jumping up and down, and you were trying to get his attention, so you had to run around the back of your machine and unplug the blood pressure machine. Then you got on the phone and ordered blood, and then you did this, and he did that. She described everything that happened in the room while she had a blood pressure of zero. Well, needless to say, the anesthesiologist was astonished to hear her thorough description of the incident. He asked, how could you possibly have seen all this? Because, first of all, you had no blood pressure. So no blood was perfusing your brain. You were dead. And second, when we put you to sleep for surgery, we tape your eyelids shut. 
so your corneas don't get scratched. So how could you possibly have seen all this with your eyes taped shut? The woman said, I was standing in the corner of the room. I watched the whole thing. This incident completely disproved what we've been told about the brain dying and coming back. We're told that the auditory system is the last part to go so you can still hear things. Well, she saw them with her eyes taped shut. I have seen and experienced other things medically that can't be explained from traditional Western medicine or even physics. I've read about and talked with people who've had near-death experiences for almost 45 years. They fascinate me and I continue to strive to understand what it all means. I can also tell you that Chaz turning the podcast over to me was synchronicity. As he told you, he was praying to God saying, whatever you want me to do, I will do it. And he was told it's time to end the podcast. So he did. Meanwhile, I had been praying to our creator that if there's more you want me to do, show me. If I'm not prepared for it, help me prepare for it. I believe there are no coincidences. Everything happens for a reason. So now, here we are together exploring our spirituality and tugging on the golden threads of truth that seem to run through so many disciplines. I hope you will continue to join me in future podcasts. And I would really appreciate getting your feedback and input about the show and what you would like it to be. Go to the Near Death Experience Research Foundation.org website and submit your near death experience details. When you do, please be certain that you give the NDERF complete ability for copyright of the information you give so that I can easily use it on the podcast. I have links in the show notes for this episode and links on the webpage for the NearDeathExperienceResearchFoundation.org and for the contact information for this podcast. You can email me at NearDeathExperiencePodcast at gmail.com. You can call and leave a voicemail at 970-633-2278. That's 970-NDE-CAST. You can also use your phone or your computer to record an audio file of you telling your experience. When you phone in, there is a three-minute limit on your message. But if the three minutes is insufficient, just call back and continue your message where you left off. It's easy enough for me to splice it together. If you are interested in being interviewed for the podcast, please contact me. If you want to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash ndecast. There's a link in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast and I will be putting out a near-death experience reading podcast episode very soon. Until then, this is your host, John Messer, reminding you that it's all about attitude and gratitude, and our attitude should always be love.